0: Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already done so, give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. Hey guys, so today I wanna talk about the five things that can destroy your game. So get yourself a cup of coffee, relax, take a load off, and hopefully over the next few minutes, you'll learn something that could save you months of development time on your game. Now, I'm not a big advocate of rules in terms of how to make a game. Like this is the right way and this is the wrong way. That's all crap. Everyone has a different creative process and different things work for different people. But there are some universal things that every single one of you probably wants to avoid. I've been making games for seven or eight years now, and I've got a Discord server filled with like 600 plus other game developers that I chat with. Feel free to join, by the way. It's a really great community of knowledgeable and helpful people, and I'll throw the link for that in the description. But in chatting with all of these other developers, it becomes pretty clear that there are very crystal clear things that you want to avoid during the development process. So let's get right into it. And number one is waiting too long to get playtesters. Showing your game to people is scary. I get it, I hate doing it, and if you're trying to find your footing in the industry, and I count myself in that group, you feel like you have something to prove. And giving people what feels like hot garbage to dink around with and test, it's just scary, okay? It's, It's also really important though. Playtesters are a vital part of the game development process. They'll help you find bugs, they'll tell you what they hate, they'll tell you what they love, and if you gather enough data, you'll start to see patterns emerging. Now if you're an indie, this is even harder, because as one of the only, or maybe the only person, working on your game, you might have this stubborn idea stuck in your mind as to what you want your game to be. But there is an ebb and a flow to making a game that players will love. Sticking to your vision is great to a point. Sometimes there is a point where your game is wanting to be something that you didn't initially envision for it. For example, with my long-term game, Veil of Maya, I didn't initially envision putting so much effort into physics-based movement. I knew I wanted telekinesis, and that led to a physics-based grapple mechanic, which led to tweaking the movement system because the original felt too stiff with these other physics-based mechanics in place. And it's way more fun now after those changes. But what I'm saying is I didn't initially envision that, right? And playtesters can help you reach your game's full potential much faster. What's great too is they really want to help, and sometimes they'll toss in just the most random suggestion that you never would have thought of in a million years yourself. It's completely invaluable. Get playtesters as early as you can. You can use Google Forms to collect data in one nice easy place. It's free, easy to create, and it's what I use to gather my feedback. All right, number two is spending too much time on art too early. For all my artists out there, I know you guys struggle with this. You don't want people to judge your game and think it's ugly. But one of the number one rules in game development is function before form, meaning gameplay must come first, at least in the majority of cases. Games are about a lot of things. They can be about a good story. They can be about emotions, a journey, a challenge. But first and foremost, they need to function the way that you intend your game to function. So gameplay always comes first. Spend the proper amount of time on the prototype of the game. Get it feeling the way that you want before dumping countless hours into making it look pretty. Art direction changes during the life cycle of games all the time. All the time. So get the game feeling, controlling, and working the way that you want with minimal effort put into the art at first. Sometimes your art style will come once you get your game feeling right. I have gone way too hard in the other direction i have the opposite problem with this where i give the art so little attention initially that i actually once submitted a game jam game with no art because i can focus just a little too much on gameplay sometimes so there's definitely a balance to be found here art is obviously important it's very important you got to make time for it but you got to make time for it when the time is right and the time is not right super early on especially if you're just prototyping ideas for the game Number three is comparing your game to other games. I talk about not comparing yourself to other people a lot on this podcast and for good reason, right? Obviously, it's going to kill your motivation. Comparison, if you're not careful, will lead to scope creep, which, by the way, is another thing that will destroy your game if you're not careful. It will lead you to making really, really stupid decisions that don't fit your game it'll make you feel inadequate as a developer, and at the worst of times, it can make you feel despair. My recommendation is to try to keep your focus on the positive. What's great about your game right now? There's plenty that probably sucks, but you're going to fix that. You'll get around to it, right? So don't even count that. So it shouldn't even really count. Maybe you've got a really strong story or mechanics or game feel or whatever. Find what you love about your game and Keep your mental focus on that while you fine-tune the stuff that you currently don't like. I do that on my YouTube channel. I get comments that are highly critical that get stuck in my head. And even if there's like 99 nice comments, it's the bad ones that really stick with me. And Nikki knows this about me, so she literally handpicked some of our nicest comments and threw them on a canvas for me to keep in my office. So that's just an example, but do whatever you got to do to stay positive. Number four is ignoring feedback, and this is a big one for me. I can be really, really stubborn as hell and not want to listen to feedback. So yes, you are the developer on your game. You have the ultimate vision for your game, and so when critical feedback comes your way, you might find yourself justifying why that feedback is not relevant to your game. So there's helpful feedback and there is unhelpful feedback. Your job is to objectively figure out which category the feedback that you're getting falls into and then decide if a change should be made to your game based on that feedback. Feedback from your aunt and your cousin and your grandma who have never played your genre of game before or you know, other video games before, they're not going to have helpful feedback for you. And generally speaking, family will be overly kind and not want to hurt your feelings. So just be sure you're getting feedback from the right sources. Make sure it isn't just some troll trying to bring you down in whatever way they can. It happens. But if it's helpful feedback, don't let your ego get in the way. Feedback is a tool to help you improve your game. Use it. This isn't an industry that's kind to people who make games in the shadows and never show anything to anyone for years and years. And then you release it to the world and, yeah, things probably won't go well for you if that's how you want to operate. You need people. You need them to buy your game. You need them to give feedback. This is a business of selling an experience to other people, which is weird because at least as far as I know, it's mostly introverts that like making games, which does definitely make this a challenge number five taking all feedback too seriously so yes we just finished talking about feedback now let's talk about the other side of the coin yes you need feedback and you need to take it seriously but there might be some of you who are so insecure or who tend to want to people please just a little bit that you don't want to hear a single critical remark made about your game so you change every little thing about what everyone says So yes, feedback is important, but your vision should come before a critical remark. Feedback is just data. It will help you find problems that need to be addressed, but there will be times when someone hates a certain part of your game. Let's say that it's a mechanic, but that mechanic is central to your core game loop. Not every single piece of feedback needs to be acted on. And I don't have the answer here but there is a balance to be found between your personal vision of what you want the game to be, what your game seems to want to be, and what your playtesters want your game to be. I handle this in a take what resonates and leave the rest kind of mentality personally. So while feedback is important, know that it's just data showing you how the average gamer feels about your game. The more feedback you get, the more glaring the problems will become, and one-off remarks will stand out a whole lot less. So the more you get, the better. And that's all I got, guys. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now. It really helps make the podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much. Bye.